I just want the world to know that uh, as far as unskilled, uh, unoriginal, unfunny assholes go, that are also basically absurd hipsters, uh, there's this guy who's called Trent. And for some reason, he runs a podcast. And I mean, he's a bitch. Like his podcast get like five listens. Like nobody fucking listens to that shit. Um, he's only running one podcast with like no fucking co-hosts, uh, like some dumb bitch. Um, so I'm, look, all I'm saying is that if you want quality, if you want good, proper quality podcasting, either listen to my show, the No Real Libertarian show by Bullshito, or listen to our show, the new uh, Laurel and Hardy Across the Pond show. Recording is on now. Uh, I am here for the uh, very first, the inaugural episode of um, Laurel and Hardy Across the Pond with, <laughs> with my fantastic co-host, Quincy. Um, and <laughs> right, so no guns, but certainly knives in the truck. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and uh, joining us is uh, our very first guest, the wonderful uh, Car Campit. Thanks for having me on for the first uh, first episode. This is this podcast is uh, this is quite the odd couple podcast, and I'm very very excited for it. Yeah, man, me too. This is um, completely not what I expected when I started podcasting at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got a full bottle of wine going. Yep. Yeah, I don't intend to empty it um, today because I do have to get up on time tomorrow. Uh, but otherwise, I would be trying to kill that thing. <laughs> Um, so we are talking about, uh, motor vehicle camping, um, because, uh, on our very, or on my most recent talk with Quincy on my podcast, like one episode before that, that was our second talk. We already discussed starting a podcast. Um, and so the latest one, the third one uh, is where the plan came together, and now here we are. Um, so I asked Quincy, who the fuck should we get on as a first guest? Uh, and he was like, well, we should get Car on. And I was like, you know what? That's a fucking great idea. Um, because I've had Bird on my show twice now. The second episode that I did with Bird is going to publish somewhere in the nearest future. Uh, but I haven't spoken to you on my podcast. So, uh, I'm very glad that it came together like this. Um, yeah, me too, man. I'm, I'm excited you guys reached out, especially for this topic. This oh, is yeah. one of my favorites. <laughs> um, so, I did some thinking, like, what the fuck should we talk to fucking car about? Because, I mean, me and Quincy, we can just, like, go on and bullshit. Uh, but at least for the first episode, we needed some sort of a topic. So, uh, I felt... Just car camping was a bit too narrow. Um, so, motor vehicle camping. Basically, everything from uh, from mopeds to uh, to tanks. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a, I've got a pretty pretty thin uh, experience, a band of experience within those two, <laughs> you know, stream extremes of the continuum. <laughs> you uh, 
captain in the tank, Quincy? I'm sorry, so what now? Have you ever camped in a tank? Hello? God damn it. Um, I've, I've done camping, never never in a tank. Uh, I love camping. Uh, I think it's pretty damn awesome. Uh, it's pretty much anybody can do it. You just gotta, you know, get over the fact that you're gonna be sleeping outside and or uh, peeing outside and you'll be okay. You know, just take some precautions and it can be very enjoyable, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I don't have any uh, experience with car camping in particular, but I uh, I have plenty of like regular camping experiences experience, and I fucking love it. Um, I always sleep like a fucking baby outside. Uh, wake up with the sun. Hmm. The only problem is uh, in my experience with camping uh, is that. At night and after more and more beers, um, things that are quite close appear to be quite far. So, um, basically, after quite a few beers, you're gonna need to take a piss. Um, at which point, you're gonna pick a tree that looks like it's like quite far away from camp, like yep. an acceptable distance. The problem is when you wake up the next morning and it turns out that tree was really not that far. <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing with camping is that it basically is uh, as soon as the sun goes down you're like well i, I guess we're gonna start drinking pretty heavily right and then and, you know and, uh, sometimes that's at like 6 37 o'clock and uh by you know by midnight people are people are pretty housed oh yeah yeah i've been there more than once <laughs> um so let's see i think uh the way I, I'm looking at this is just we're just going to kind of uh, go through the spectrum and we just start at the, the smallest, lightest uh, vehicle to camp with and end at the heaviest, biggest, most impractical vehicle to possibly camp with. Um, so do either of you any actually have any motorcycling experience? Uh, I mean, I've ridden dirt bikes before, uh, but I don't, I'm not a motorcyclist. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither. Quincy. Uh, I, uh, you're breaking Hello? up there, bud. Hello? I, uh, can you hear me? I can hear yeah, now you. we can. Okay, cool. Uh, sorry, uh, I'm I'm in Washington State, so I may be cutting out every now and then. What I was saying was uh, um, the only motorcycle experience I have is when I got busted for stealing motorcycles for this chop shop back in uh, 2001. <laughs> That's it. Motorcycles kind of kind of freaked me out. Um, I think if I am going to get one. I'm gonna get a trike. I need at least two wheels underneath my fat ass. At least two. <laughs> and, uh, Hard rules. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I don't personally have any motorcycling experiences except for one, uh, like tryout lesson I took uh, about a month ago. Um, because here in Europe, uh, getting a motorcycle license is very expensive and very time-consuming. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. There's a whole uh, license system. Oh, so uh, a car license would be a B license. A motorcycle license is an A license, but there's an A, an A1, and an A2 motorcycle license. Um, so um, an A1 license restricts you to an X amount of kilowatts or kilowatts oh, per kilo right. um, in power. So yep. what it boils down to is basically you're limited to about a 300cc bike. So do you guys have like a moped exception like we do? Like like below yes. like 35 mile an hour, you don't have to get a license. Uh, we do, except we have yet another license for that called the AM license. Um, and until a few years ago, that consisted of having to take only or no. Uh, until a few years ago, uh, an AM license for a moped was included in your car license. All right. That's not that way anymore. Now you have to just take uh, both theoretical and practical exams, even for a fucking 50cc moped. Jeez, that's yeah. brutal. Question. I've been looking for a moped because I live in this neighborhood where like, I never really go all that far. It's just ridiculous to take my car places. Um, and sometimes I don't want to be sweaty when I get there. So I've been really looking for a moped. The problem is that the prices are so... like. You would think that it would be easy to get a relatively cheap, you know, a couple hundred dollar moped. And it's yeah. just not the case. I don't know why that is on the used market. You could look into mobility scooters. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And soup them up. Yeah, those things called? Cars, right? Like used mopeds, you're still looking at about 500 bucks for a used one. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, you know? It's really frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Um, so then there's the A2 license, which is like another X amount of kilowatts or kilowatts per kilo, um, which technically or like realistically basically restricts you to about 600, 650 cc. Um, and then there's the A license, which is basically unlimited. Um, so these also come with uh, age restrictions. Uh, I believe you can get your regular, like a one license just at 18, which is like the minimal, minimum age for learning to drive here. Uh, a two is like 20 or 22 and then your A is 24. Um, and of course there's like uh, an exception where you can get your A1, A2 and A like when you're say 18, but then there's a code 95 or something. Um, where uh, basically you can't drive an A licensed bike until you're 24, but you won't have to retake the test. Um, so there's that. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, this kind of bitch ass system also applies to trucking. Um, oh God. Really? Yeah. Yep. Uh. Yeah, I looked into it because uh, well, I haven't been fired yet, but uh, basically the, the future of, of my job is very uncertain at the moment due to uh, Corona lockdowns. Um, so I was like, well, maybe trucking is an option. Um, Do it. I mean, I'm, I'm tempted, but uh, I'm mostly looking for something that I can get into like directly with a minimal amount of time spent on education basically um 
so you got a, uh, I believe truck license is a C license. So there's a C1 and a C2. C1 is a truck up till, well, X kilos. And then over that is like a C2. That is not yet, uh, that does not yet count for a trucking license occupationally. If you're a professional trucker, uh, you got to get yet another license with like another bureaucratic code attached to it um, about, well, basically saying that you can professionally drive a truck. Um, so according to what I checked out, you're looking at anywhere between three and six months of uh, driving lessons and theory, et cetera, et cetera, because there's like three theoretic tests uh, that you have to take and like two practical ones. So it's, it's bitch all around. That's and then, crazy. Uh, yeah. What's the, the trucking licensing like over there, Quincy? Man, literally to get your CDL license, all it takes is going down to the DMV and taking the damn test. That's it. Um, as far as training, you can go to truck driver school um, on your own and everything, but the actual license, um, you can either go to the DMV and take the test yourself. Uh, there are CDL, get off my ass, motherfucker. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, you can uh, take CDL um, truck test apps um, online and then go to the DMV and, uh, and go get your license on your own. Um, or you can go to truck driving school. Either way, when you, when you do get hired by a uh, by, by by truck driving business, they're gonna put you through their own training. And um, you know, the first two days are gonna be you filling out paperwork, taking drug tests, and things like that. Then they're, then they're gonna put you in a truck with a with a trainer, and you're gonna be out anywhere from let's say two to six weeks, uh, depending on how quickly you pick things up, you know. Right. Um, me, I was nervous as hell, so it took me five weeks, you know okay. what I'm saying? But that's all right, though, because, again, you know, uh, I picked it up finally, and I've been out it for five years, so it's all good. All right. Yeah, that sounds a lot better than uh, the system we have over here. Um. Speaking you know what? Which, you that? Yeah. Yep. That's my uh, front office view right there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so, you know what? Let's actually fucking get into the topic that we were uh, going to get into. Yeah. Um, starting at the lightest possible vehicle which you could go camping with, which is probably... Uh, your average 50cc fucking moped. Um, if you I've, uh, I've actually gone, I've gone uh, bicycle camping. Um, ah. I know it's not motorized, but yeah, yeah, I've done that like several times. Yeah, I, I've never done that, but I knew a few people who were uh, into that. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting <laughs> to me. Yeah, it is. The, thing, the problem is that you, because you can't carry any additional cargo, like, like with car camping, I often go snowboarding or surfing, but right. you can't really do that with a bike. So it's like, 
it's it's kind of fun, but uh, you better have something to do, just like swimming or something like that at, at each destination. Yeah. yeah. Well, see, well, see, the thing is with bike camping, okay, I mean to cut you off. Um, the thing is with uh, with bike camping, I know I know a whole lot of cats in Austin, Texas that go bike camping, and what they'll do, uh, they make um, trailers for bicycles now. Oh, you know right. what I mean? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, I knew a guy. This son of a bitch uh, did a 200 mile uh, uh, bike journey. And he had a camper uh, hooked up to the back of his 18 speed, you know. And like, I mean, I'm not saying he was loaded down with like 100, 100 pounds of supplies, but uh, he had enough to uh, to sustain him for two weeks. You know, he had a little tent, got some water, got some whiskey, got some weed, uh -huh. food, snacks, and things like that. So it can be done, you know. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Yeah, one of the things that I uh, really still want to do, uh, it's absolutely not motorized, but it's um, uh, like camping or sleeping on a, on a big wall with a portal ledge. So uh, have you seen like the, uh, the videos or the stories about these crazy motherfuckers in Yosemite Valley? Yeah. Like, climb huge walls. And, it's like, ridiculous. Yeah. So, I do not want to do that. Same <laughs> here. That's, that's just fucking crazy. That shit seems amazing to me. I would fucking love to just like climb up halfway to that wall, just hang out my little uh, like port ledge, put up my uh, my sleeping bag, and just like sleep halfway up to the rock wall. Jesus. Yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> I pass on that, bro. No, no, no. Uh, I don't know if y'all ever saw that uh, free solo where the guy was climbing um, that big ass rock from yeah, Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, Alex Holmes. Yeah, yeah, well, halfway through it, you know, he comes across some some dude just sleeping, hanging up the fucking rock, <laughs> and just like, oh hell no, 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 no. I mean, props to the people that do that. Uh, you know, you've got a you know, size of testicles I'm never going to have, but, uh, <laughs> damn, that's just, that's just crazy, but it, it looks awesome, but I don't think I would ever do that. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, I think for most people that makes sense. Um, funny thing about that guy is, um, like, they, they uh, took a look at his brain in the hospital uh, on her, like, I don't know if it's an MRI machine, but some sort of fucking uh, like brain scanner. Uh, well, it turns out that his, uh, like the part of his brain that, that regulates fear or fear hormones just doesn't work properly. <laughs> yeah, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> like it just doesn't give off uh, the correct amount of uh, like adrenaline and other fucking fear hormones. Um, and it just, like it's not as active, basically. Uh, right. So he has to just go further and further into madness to get that hit of adrenaline. Basically, yeah. That's uh, that's basically what happens. Um, so bicycle camping is one option. Um, it's it's in my opinion, it's an option for crazy people, because I, I mean, I personally strongly dislike bicycling, even though I'm done. Really? Yeah. What is I mean, your what is your commute every day look like over there? Like what do you, what do you, what do you do? 
Uh, well, I, uh, from where I am now, uh, like from where I study to where I work is about an hour commute by car. Oh my God. Do you drive it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's an entirely, uh, different part of the country. Basically. Gotcha. I do have, uh, intentions to move at some point. Uh, but for now, uh, all of my longer term plans are a bit, uh, up in the air, of course. Well, yeah, no, no joke, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, uh, I mean, I'll take the bike if I have to, uh, and like I, I can drive or ride a bike just fine. I just really strongly dislike it. Um, because somehow it unites two things that shouldn't be united, in my opinion. Being what is that? Sitting on your ass and exercising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't have any problem with exercise. I used to fucking train martial arts five days a week. Um, but for me, it's either or. So either I sit on my ass or I exercise. But not both. Um, so, That's fair. Yeah. Um, but bicycle camping is interesting because you can either like put a bit of a trailer behind your bike or like hang all the uh, fucking bags around your wheels. Um, and I imagine either way you got the pack pretty light. Uh, you can't just yeah. uh, like bring your own little fucking pop-up tent and all kinds of luxury items. Uh, it's got to be pretty fucking bare bones. Yeah, yeah, you really got to cut down on stuff, that's for sure. Which, I mean, I can appreciate that. I like uh, bare-bones camping. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's Helps you understand what you really need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think also, if you go camping with a 50cc scooter or a moped, we call them scooters here in, uh, in the Netherlands, um, which is very weird because don't you call the, the little... Um, uh, steps we call them uh, little razor scooters yeah yeah we call those scooters yeah that's fucking weird yeah um, <laughs> but anyway I really if you go camping with your 50cc moped I really wonder what you're doing and where you're going yeah I mean that'd be I, pretty cool yeah yeah but it's just I mean it's interesting but I'm like where are you gonna fill up your tank <laughs> I mean where are you gonna go because like most I don't know it just seems like a weird kind of um, uh, like people yeah you can't bring like, any fun equipment with you and yeah, your range no. isn't all that great you would have to pack even more bare bones I think than um, with uh, bicycle camping yeah maybe uh, yeah no I'd say the, the the minimum for me is either going hiking or camping with an actual motorcycle. Um, so uh, camping with a motorcycle still varies a little bit depending on what kind of bike you get or you have. Um, you're going to have to pack a lot more bare bones with uh, like a 300cc dirt bike than uh, your average, say, 1300cc Honda Goldwing. <laughs> yep. Um, you're probably also going to be a whole different level of rich, uh, depending on what bike you have. <laughs> True. Chug, chug, chug. 
Ah, it's a good trip, man. It's um, Embargo of Casillero del Diablo from Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Chile. I've got like another two empty bottles on my room here. Uh, I love this shit. It's even got a little fucking devil on the seal. Uh, let's see, can you see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, kind of neat. Um, so, from what I've seen and heard, as far as motorcycle camping goes, uh, your best bet is to just basically pack like a uh, few camping essentials, so sleeping bag, sleeping pad, uh, and just a tarp and some rope and a hammock. Uh, and you should be set mostly. Um, I definitely think that uh, motorcycle camping is for people that are like a bit more hardcore when it comes to camping. Yeah, probably. I, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing uh, like if you want a, a giant tent and all kinds of luxury, you're probably not gonna go camping with your motorcycle. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I mean, you, you go motorcycle camping, um, yeah, you're pretty much bringing a pair of sensors, something to, something to keep you um, safe, something to cook with, something to hold water, and something to sleep in or on. Pretty Everything much, else, yeah. Uh, leave it be. Put it next time or something. Yeah, pretty much. I think so, too. Um... Yeah, do either of you have any to add, anything to add as far as motorcycle camping goes? No, I don't think so. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> right, next, uh, car camping. And um, I mean, car camping is also very different depending on what car you have. Um, so car, <laughs> <laughs> you know about car camping, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What would you say is the ideal vehicle for car camping? Well, I think there's there there's two that come to mind like immediately, and that's just uh, <clears throat> like I, I really like hatchbacks or station wagons, um, mm -hmm. and especially depending on what you're doing, if you're going to be doing beach camping or uh, mountain camping, uh, where you're potentially going up logging roads and stuff like that, you know, getting a, a four wheel drive or an all wheel drive uh, is is pretty nice. Um, and then my my next door neighbor, if you're going even more hardcore than that. And you have the money to spend. He had a, a Toyota, the, the bigger Toyota, the Tundra um, pickup with a oh, with an right. actual camping shell on it um, oh, with a little yeah. bed in there and everything like yeah. that. And, and that thing was awesome. I mean, it was it was it was a huge step up. Like the station wagons and the hatchbacks particularly are you could do for very cheap, um, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. But uh, but that that uh, Toyota, I was always jealous of it. My neighbor, that was it was so oh, nice. Yeah, I imagine. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later, but a few things that I think are really cool is um, like the, the entire built-around fan. Um, yeah. Like basically a little vent to live in. I've seen some people that have installed like um, a tent that you can just kind of flap open on top of their car or their van. Yep. And yeah. one thing that's also really cool is the like the pickups. They have these specific almost caravan-like mod on top of the bed. Yep. Yeah. The um, camper shell. Yeah. Yeah. It's so yes. sweet. Yeah. Um, what I'm wondering is, uh, so I have a car since a while 
um, it's a little fucking 1.3 liter, liter uh, Fiat Panda. Okay. Is that a good car to go camping in? I don't even know what that car is. <laughs> All right. Fiat. Give me a second here. I'll Fiat what? The, uh, Fiat Panda. P-A-L-A? P-A-N-D-A. Oh. Panda. I think you call it in, uh, in American. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it's a, so it's a hatchback. Yeah, yeah. It's a tiny hatchback. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it did, Okay, so here's what I would look at. I would look at, uh, can you fold the back seats down? Yes. And then if you can somehow either take the passenger seat out or modify it, like if you can fold it all the way down, you could probably put a, a bed in there or like a wooden support structure to extend the bed um, so you could lay down all the way from from the hatch to the basically the dashboard. Yeah, that might just almost fit me. Yeah. How tall are you? Uh, about six foot. That's what I am. It's like, it, I'm glad I'm not any taller for, for those purposes, but six foot's put like kind of starts to push it a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, but, um, but you might oh, be able uh, to sneak in there. I'm looking at it. Uh, yeah, depending, I, you know, and then you can always go a little bit diagonal like my, so I have a, I have a Subaru Impreza and, uh, I can, I can like just with the seats folded down, I have like a little cutout memory foam mattress back there. And I'm, I'm really comfortable. Uh, it usually I sleep diagonally and then sometimes I'll sleep with my feet a little bit onto the console in between the seats, but, uh, it's, you know, it's fine. I would say if, if you're like uh, five, 10 and shorter, you're, you're golden and and just a regular Impreza. Yeah. That sounds good. You have like an entire modification in your car for camping. So, yeah, I mean, I have like a whole, so like, I'll just fold down the seats. I've got a, I've got a cutout mattress I put in like sheets on top and camping blanket and pillows. Um, and then I've got a roof rack and then I also, well, I used to some idiot hit in the parking lot and bent it like a pretzel, but I have a, I had a cargo tray, um, that goes into my hitch so I can carry like a grill and camping stuff and whatever on the back. So I can, you know, I can take a lot of gear and really, you know, it's, it's a, it was a pretty nice setup before that idiot hit the cargo tray. I need to get another one. Fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool. You could throw the surfboard on top through the grill and beach chairs and shit in the cargo tray. Then you had a, you know, a nice bed and you're completely closed in if you want to be. So if there's a bunch of idiots out on the beach or anything like that, like you don't have to worry about getting screwed with. Um, oh, that's pretty chill. Yeah. 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 It was, it was cool. Yeah, I was just thinking of just kind of throwing down the sleeping pad and uh, just like sleeping like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, so what we do, what a lot of times we'll do is if I have a buddy that also has a roof rack, we I have a camping hammock, um, those like Eno camping hammocks. I'm not sure if you're ta- if you know what I'm talking about, but uh, we'll we'll actually just sling them between the roof racks, like park the cars about six feet apart or mm-hmm. to eight feet apart, and then sling those hammocks between the car roof racks so that you've got two like lounging beds or sleeping bags that just hang from the cars. Yeah. And then, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Meta. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just saying that is, that is slick. I never, I never heard of people doing that before just hanging two hammocks uh, between the vehicles. I'm about to try that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and if you're going camping in the in the trees, like obviously you can just hang them from the trees. But like for beach camping and stuff like that, you, you know, that's an easy way to get a, get away with it. And then I've got like I've got a tarp that I can and like poles and stakes and guy wires and stuff like that, so I can open up my hatch and hang a tarp off the roof rack right behind the hatch and hang oh, it over cool. it. So you can kind of create this like little 
camping area uh, that's in the shade and, and protected from rain uh, right off the back of the vehicle. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, and all that stuff is like super cheap. Like, I, I mean, you can just accumulate it over time and it's, it's really not that expensive. Hey, we may have a question. Have y'all ever been to say like a music festival where it's like two or three days long and you've camped out on site? Have yeah. Ever, ever done that? Yep. That, now that is pretty awesome as well. Like it's not really motorcycle camping or just car camping. You're just camping. Like, like you, uh, you pay for, so, uh, whatever. You're, you're breaking you know, up a uh, or something like that. Well, I am. Uh oh. I think you're and good I, now. Okay, good now. Okay. Um, a lot of festivals will have a campsite parking where you pay for like a, a, a ten foot by ten foot lot or something like that, and um, you know you'll have two or three vehicles. You all park and you throw up your little little pop up uh, tents or whatever, and hang out and everything. That's that's pretty that's pretty awesome as well. I know a few um, music festivals that that are like that. And while you're technically camping, you know, so you still got the amenities like uh, like um, restrooms, somewhere have showers, and of course, you know, uh, food vendors or whatnot. Um, but just actual camping, uh, I know that there's the a uh, small but movement of uh, people turning hands uh minivans or full like those uh Mercedes uh sprinter uh more than a few of them um, hold up like hold this. up you're uh okay okay um and I'm pretty sure we've all seen you know school boys turned into like a little camping thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, camera's out there, it ain't, it ain't going anywhere. If anything, it's getting bigger. God damn, we got the dashboard. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty intense, you know, you get out, it's a chance to get outside, be one with nature and everything, you know, uh, not stare at a, at a phone for a day or two, because usually the camera somewhere where there's no service i mean a lot of people will see camping as a way to reconnect with their ancestors who like pretty much had to camp you know yeah pretty much yeah um winter real quick i'm gonna uh stop your video okay uh, you know what because yeah, I, I think say yeah that might just uh, help a little bit with the uh, connection Okay, no worries. And that way I can take my pants off and keep on seeing. Yeah, uh, one of the uh, best camping trips I ever had in my life was um, when I was studying in the U.S. And uh, we went with some teachers and with some students on this five-day camping or uh, rafting uh, trip. So we... Uh, like loaded all of our shit into a bunch of uh, waterproof bags, uh, stepped up on the raft and just kind of floated down the river for five days until we got at uh, a good exit point. 
Um, so, I mean, of course, we had all of our food supplies and everything with us. Uh, but like all the food was pretty simple. All of the uh, uh, like, like the sleeping situation was very simple. It was fucking great uh, because you're just, I mean, you're you're working hard like physically all the day, out in the sun, and then and you're fucking hungry by the time it's dinner. So just anything tastes fucking fantastic. Um, and then. Uh, Let's see. Well, I mean, you sleep like a fucking baby as well, of course. Yeah, I, I went on a big, I went on like a canoe camping trip one time. And, and yeah, it was like so much work. You just flop oh, yeah. down at the end and just eat anything and taste the best. And then you're asleep oh, by yeah. 6.30. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah. I actually, um, my goal once I get in better shape than I am now, uh, my goal is take about about six months off and I want to hike the entire Appalachian Trail start to finish in one trip from Georgia to Maine. I think oh, that I think, I think that would be pretty damn awesome. That know? is fucking badass. I uh, I really want to hear about that once uh, like when you're actually preparing for that and when you're done with it because that is uh, that sounds like an awesome project. You can show me if you want to, and you two car is making a fucking party. <laughs> Dude, I might. I've I've hiked a a, a fair a, a portion of uh, the AT. Um, I I really enjoyed it, but uh, the problem is my knees are the downhills on my knees are, are starting cool. to get pretty brutal. Yeah. That still says I'm twice your weight, and I'm doing it. <laughs> That's why I got into backcountry snowboard. There we are. All right. Uh, so where were we? Man, that's a good question. I think we we're talking about camping at <laughs> uh, camping at music festivals, or did we do we cruise past that? Um, yeah, yeah. Wendy was talking about uh, camping at music festivals, and then we were talking about camping while canoeing. That oh was- yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, camping while going on a river trip of some sort is a very good time. Oh, and fucking Quincy is gonna fucking hike for six months. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done, I've done some sections of the North Carolina Appalachian Trail and then the Virginia Appalachian Trail. I think I might have done some sections in Pennsylvania, but uh, I've not done the whole thing. I'm just saying, like I, I remember uh, one day I freaking um, I don't want to so bad. Uh, one day I freaking um, got high as fuck. I saw a, a documentary on the Appalachian Trail, and I was just like, one day, I don't know when that day will be, but one day, I'm going to hike that motherfucker from start to finish, Georgia to Maine. Let's go. That'll be sweet. That'll be a good time. That would be awesome. I saw this documentary, I think it was on Netflix once, about um, uh, this guy who wanted to set the record on the fastest completion of the Appalachian Trail. Um, like, just, you know, there's these crazy ultra runner type people. Yeah. Um, and he had this whole support team set up and it just looked miserable, like from start to end. Because that guy, uh, like, he, he did basically nothing apart from running. So, like, all of his um, 
uh, pissing and shitting. He just did while running. Um, and then, like, when he reached his pit stop, he just, like, changed clothes. Uh, <laughs> and, like, uh, shower a little bit with some water from a bucket. Uh, like, get new shoes. And then, like, in the meanwhile, get some food into him and just go off again. Um, it was uh, certainly interesting to look at. Uh, but it's not, I, I mean, ultra running would be one thing, but pissing and shitting yourself uh, while you're doing it seems like a bit of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, before this, we covered uh, camping in like uh, smaller cars and hatchbacks. Um, or you had a super appraiser, right, car? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a pretty decent car to uh, to go anywhere with, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a fun fun vehicle. The Subaru Outback is is pretty awesome as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you, in uh, Colorado, it might very well be the unofficial state car. <laughs> I've never seen so many Subaru Outbacks as I have in that damn state. Yep. Well, that's where I bought. That's where I bought mine. So. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! Seriously. That's when I lived. Yeah, that's when I used to live in Colorado. Is where I got it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And if I had more money at the time, I probably would have got the Outback, but uh, <laughs> I I didn't. Nice. Yeah. I uh, I hope to one day be in a position that I have enough money to uh, to buy a Subaru Impreza, even. Um. But. Uh, I mean, currently I'm looking at uh, getting motorcycle lessons and getting a motorcycle, which will set me back several thousands of euros already. Um, but uh, enough about that. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, my parents, they currently have a big fucking Volvo V70. So okay. I don't know if that means anything to you, but it's like a big ass fucking station car. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't even have to lay down the front seat, uh, just like the, I could almost probably stretch out in the trunk without, even oh yeah, without even folding down the back seats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that thing is, um, I am so happy with my Fiat Panda, man, because that thing is such a bitch to park. Oh, I bet. Yeah. God. Uh, yeah, V seventy. Jeez. Yeah. Although I imagine for you, Quincy, parking a V seventy is like uh, parking a fucking bicycle. Yeah, pretty much, man. I mean, um, I've I've never never been in a Volvo car. I've been in a Volvo truck. Um, I've seen I've seen those Volvos that you're talking about. They look uh, pretty damn roomy. Uh, honestly, if I had the money. I'd probably go with one of them, either the C70 um, or the C90. Both of them look, look pretty damn, look pretty damn good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would use it for camping, but I, I would definitely like have it just to have it. Like you know, me personally, if, if I'm gonna go camping, uh, this may sound weird, but I would like to get one of those uh, old uh, 70s or 80s 
full-size vans and just convert that into a, into a camper of some sort. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's awesome. And um, thank you, because that's a perfect segue as well. Um, because I, I've seen a few of those converted vans. Um, a buddy of mine has recently converted his van uh, into like an actual camping van. And it's just, um, well, I mean, camping van, like, those fans are, are big enough that you can just fucking live in them. And I just think that's awesome. Like, I love that so much. Yeah, I was, uh, I was talking with somebody about uh, I, my next, if, I were, if I'm going to get more hardcore into car camping, that those uh, early, like, early 90s Chevy Astro vans or they come in all you can get them in all wheel drive and they're they're so sweet for that oh fuck yeah <laughs> those are so sick I'm a, I, 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 I have a buddy now in Boulder who still has a Chevy Astro van from 89 yeah it runs like a, it runs like a fucking dream man it's got all oh, that looks great. Not, it's, it's been plenty of times I've been driving with that motherfucker the winter time right now. I don't know if she's gonna make it like relax. She has all wheel drive. We will be fine. I'm like, all right. And he was right, you know. Yeah, those are sweet cars. Yeah, that looks great. Um, yeah, uh, I'm thinking, buddy of mine. When I was in uh, the U.S., I even stayed with him a few weeks after the semester. He bought some sort of fan very much like this uh, and like com- converted into like a camping slash living van. Um, that's just, uh, if you've seen uh, Free Solo, I think there's a, a few bits where the guy Alex Honnold actually like shows people around this van. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it's just like he lives out of that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, and actually today I was talking to uh, some people on Twitter and you Americans are so fucking lucky with your fuel prices. Oh yeah. Like, holy shit. You pay as much on the gallon. You pay less on the gallon than I pay on the fucking liter. Yeah. It's pretty cheap, especially now gas is so cheap right now. Yeah. You know what? You're right about that because even as a truck driver, I'm seeing diesel prices are low, low, low. I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> like normally, I'm out, like, I'm out there in Washington State. Normally, diesel fuel, we're looking at about $3.30, $3.50. Right now, it's about two thirty-one, which is like, what, like $1.20, $1.30 less than what it was, say, three months ago. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, um, I, uh, it's kind of funny. Um, so due to all this Corona shit, the Belgian border is locked up now. Oh, Um, wow. One day before this all happened, I still, uh, I I didn't know this was coming, but it just kind of happened that way. Uh, like I picked up my car from the garage, um, and I drove it back home. And uh, like home is pretty far from the garage due to several circumstances. So it's about a two-hour drive. And I generally take the drive over Belgium. Um, because if you look like at the topography of the Netherlands, there's like two 
uh, like two more southern bits kind of stick out. And then there's a, uh, a bit of Belgium that's essentially like between those bits. Oh, yeah. So you go through like what, Antwerp? Yeah, pretty much. God damn, you're, uh, you're good on your topography. No, no, no. I just pulled it up on Google Maps. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, so I paid one, one euro and seven cents on the leader there, which is a price that I haven't seen in my entire life. Um, yeah. But uh, if you start calculating, um, one euro and seven cents on the leader uh, is about four, $450 on the, on the gallon. Yikes. So, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, I, if I, if I lived in America, I would just start living out of my car and not give a fuck because I'm pretty sure fuel would be cheaper than my rent. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it's definitely cheap right now, especially down here in Texas. I can say that. Uh, I'm going to say this as far as like just living in your vehicle. At some point, you're going to be like, I need to get out of here and like go get a room somewhere because um, I have found out that cabin fever is real. So it's like, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? Um, I actually lived in this truck um for two years um you know i didn't have a house apartment like that it was fine but every once in a while like every like maybe two three months i would be like all right i need to go you know what i'm saying find me a, a hotel room for a couple of days or something like that because you almost feel like the walls are caving in on you you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know very well what you mean. I um, uh, A few years ago, I uh, took the car to the wedding of a friend of mine, which was all the way in the south of France. So it took me, like I, I took the drive in two legs, um, so like halfway to France. Um, I stopped and slept, and then I took the other leg the next day. Um, well, basically, uh, like when I was driving back, so this wedding, basically, I was there for like the afternoon and most of the morning and some of the afternoon of the next day. And then I stepped back into the car again and drove uh, back towards home. So I stopped on the same camping. I stopped on the road to there on my way back and it seemed to be closed. So I was considering camping just camping out in my car but i was like fuck man i've been just i've been i've been spending like almost all of my time in this car for the last three days <laughs> i want to fucking get out of here <laughs> like i do not want to fucking sleep in my car because yeah like I've, I've been in here too long so yeah that can happen yeah it's nowhere even near two years but i i can imagine how you felt, uh, Quincy. Oh yeah, big time. And well, well I, I ain't gonna say that because uh, that's illegal here. Um, <laughs> let's just say uh, instead of me taking my little half hour break, I'm gonna keep this thing pumping and jumping. 
and get down to Seattle. So, yeah, let's All do right. this. Keep it up, man. Let's go. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, let's see. You've got the uh, – like, you've got plenty of options, basically, as far as building around a van goes, different kinds of vans. Um, you can put, like, the camping mod on the top of your pickup. Um, or you can put, like, the, the foldable tent, essentially, on top of your um, van or car or whatever, um, which is really cool and, and pretty handy, I think. Um, I don't really have much more to say about that. Uh, either of you have anything to add? No, I don't think so. I think that's... All right. Covers the basics. Yeah. Uh, so I think from here, uh, we move on to trucks. Um, and I think this is a good point to make a distinction between uh, European and American trucks. Um, I've talked to Quincy about this on my own show a couple of times already, but they're very different. Um, Car, do you know, like, uh, out of your head, like, Roughly, how different uh, European and American trucks look? No, no, not really. No. I'll uh, send a quick picture in our chat. One second. Yeah, they are they are vastly, vastly different. Uh, they're mostly cabover trucks, or they're pretty much all cabover trucks um, in in Europe. Whereas ours, like the engine is in front of the cab as opposed to Europe, where the engine is directly under the cab. Oh, okay. I got you. Those types of... Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know if I could drive something like that. Uh, first of all, those things are, they're going to be, you know, uh, a tipping uh, hazard because if you take a turn too quick and that's some bitch, it's going to tip over. You know, oh, I yeah, mean, which, yeah. You could say the same about, yeah, I mean, you could definitely say, say the same about, about American uh, trucks, but it, it's, it's more of an issue with that, with that style, being that, you know, you don't have any lift to it or width. It's just just height. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another thing that's probably very relevant for camping um is that American trucks have much more space. Um, like I looked into, because I was looking into trucking as a possible alterna alternative, um, I was looking a bit into like what the interior of a European truck looks. Um, well, basically um, it's just like you have the, the seats and then right behind there you have a bed and that's it. Like there's no, there's no real cabin space, you know, it's not like you have a little separate area. It's just like seats and where there would normally be a back seat, there's a bed and that's it. Correct. Correct. It's like, honestly, um, the trucks that I see in Europe, they remind me of the trucks that we had in, uh, in the eighties where it's just like right behind the seats is the bed. Um, yeah. There are a few uh, American companies that still use trucks like that, 
unfortunately, I was in one like that when I was up in the mountains about six months. It's uncomfortable as hell because I know I'm a big dude, but those beds, you two gentlemen would have a hard time sleeping in those beds. That's how small that damn thing was. Um, like, um, as far as American trucks, the, the space inside of them have, have really, really gotten bigger, more spacious, comfortable in the last, uh, I would say even, even like 10, 15 years and whatnot. It's like, I've got a fridge, I've got a bed, I've got a storage room, I've got shelves up above. It's very comfortable. Like, if, if I needed to, yeah, I could stay in the truck for a, like another six months to get out of town. No problem. No problem at all, you know? Yeah, yeah, that sounds pretty good um, in comparison to Euro trucks. I think um, the trick here in Europe is um, that there's very few Dutch truck drivers. It's mostly Romanians, Bulgarians, etc. Um, and the advantages that uh, Romanians and Bulgarians have is that they're short. Ah, that's interesting. <laughs> because uh, at Tex Food, I'm like average length for a Dutchman. Um, so, I mean, there's just no way that uh, a lot of Dutch people would like fit into, uh, especially a European truck, uh, in a normal way. Um, so I, I think that's uh, at least partly uh, <laughs> why uh, uh, we don't have many Dutch truck drivers. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't have thought about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, another part is uh, it's less fun, but it's more technical. It's because the EU is so interconnected uh, and, and so dense is that we can source a lot of jobs from other countries, essentially. Yeah, right. So, I mean, America is going to have to, at least mostly, source its own truck drivers, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's just a big fucking country, and, I mean, you can't only get tiny little Mexicans to drive your trucks for, like, $2 an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um but because everything is so interconnected and close here in Europe, I mean, the Netherlands, uh, like if I step into my Fiat Panda from, say, where my parents live, which is all the way southwest, and I drive all the way up to the northeast, uh, that would take me three to four hours. So, I mean, it's, it's not like there's a lot of ground to cover there. Um, but throughout Europe, there's a bit more. Um, so there's a bit more space, I guess, for different countries to specialize in different things. Um, and you end up seeing that, uh, well, countries like Romania and Bulgaria, which aren't, uh, as developed, I guess, or as, as wealthy as the Netherlands tend to, uh, have more truck drivers, which is likely a combination of, um, uh, what's the word, uh, labor laws. So um, labor laws in the Netherlands likely make it prohibitively expensive 
for a lot of companies to hire a Dutch driver. Um, whereas a Romanian driver might be significantly cheaper to hire. Um, yeah. Goddamn government's messing with our markets. Yeah. As right? ever. <laughs> um, so, I mean, can you even really speak of camping anymore uh, in like a truck? I mean, is that not just more... Uh, I mean, I, I can't really imagine anyone recreationally... Jesus Christ, I can't pronounce that word. Uh, rec rec recreationally... Uh, <laughs> um, like sending their truck somewhere along the beach to just go camping for a weekend for shits and giggles. Oh yeah, like a semi, like an actual truck truck. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, it's you know what it's been done, but uh, <laughs> you know I'm saying um, that was because the dude he um, relied on his damn his damn GPS like a freaking idiot, you know, and wind up on the freaking, um, the freaking boardwalk in, uh, in, uh, Jersey, which was just like, what the fuck? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find, I'm gonna see if I can find the article and everything. But yeah, he literally wound up, um, on the damn beach and got stuck in the sand like an idiot. Jeez. <laughs> and I don't know That's like, where to go, asshole? Like, now we have a bad stigma for <laughs> truck drivers and whatnot, and you're not helping. Not even a little bit. Jesus Christ. Imagine getting stuck in the sand with your truck. That would be a and, fucking nightmare. So, uh, imagine, imagine making that phone call to your company. Jesus about, Christ. Hey, man. Uh, yeah, that's brutal. That's really embarrassing. Oh, God. Yeah. Seriously, bro. It's like, I, I, I really, really try to limit, you know, dumbass phone calls back to my job. I'm just like, I'm going to, I'm going to look like a dumbass. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh fuck! I think I think on that note, guys, I, I've I've got to drop out of here. Uh, I'm at All my right. I'm that's, at my uh, limit, but uh, that's, I think uh, we got a pretty good episode here. So um, I'm always happy to come on and do a part two. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll DM you about that. Anyway, thank you very much for coming on, Car. This was a, a yeah, lot of fun. You. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was an honor to be uh, first first guest, and uh, oh, hopefully, yeah. I'll be a, a repeat. Uh, it's not like anyone is going to listen to this, but just for, for, uh, for a bit, uh, where can people find you? Uh, Car Camp It on Twitter, uh, and then uh, Friends Against Government podcast. All right. Sweet. Thanks, guys. Uh, one more thing. Uh, yeah. Trent is an asshole. Trent is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs>